September the 15th, year of our Lord, 2022. This is Daybreak Live with the Nesbitts. Well, good morning, saints of God. Here we are in the basement at the Nesbitts' house again. Uh, with the spiders. With the spiders. Uh, so we're going to sing, I think we're going to try to sing Offering by Third Day this morning. Thank you. 
That is a cool song, right? Mm -hmm. He deserves everything just because of what he did for us. He saved us. Hallelujah. Saved us, saved us, saved us. So yes, we are in the basement. And that is because we the you know upstairs is just blown up. Cause the girls are painting the living room in the kitchen, and then me and Michael is going to put new floors down. So you know what it's like when you're doing construction in your house, right? At the same time, you're going from 5:30 in the morning till 12 o'clock at night. You know, working a job and then coming in from the job and working on the place and. Entirely too late. Yeah, busy days, busy days, busy days. I'm thankful that they come down. I actually went in their bedroom this morning. I said, guys, you ain't got to get up and do this this morning. I know y'all were up late working, you know, painting last night. Uh, but Michael took us up on it. <laughs> I think he's still in bed. All right, guys, we are going to start chapter seven of the book of Revelation this morning. Thank you for being here, by the way. Appreciate it. I appreciate you guys being here. We spent some time talking about the final three and a half years and looking at different places. Now, one of the reasons, because for quite a while now, and this is a blessing that I never expected, but Daybreak have been has been becoming books now. And uh, so, you know, the next one to come out will be the book of Romans, which was the first one I started Daybreak with. Uh, but Sister Cheryl Poole has been just such a blessing in downloading the transcripts of daybreak and then turning them into books and then she sends it to me and i edit them and uh and then she gets it out there on amazon so there's two daybreak books already out there and uh and then i have a book called the great preset that i really felt moved to put out there that's what it looks like you can find it on amazon and it's more of the drive of what's been on my heart trying to get the church to be more missional-minded and remind the church of her setting. So one of the reasons, though, to be sure, you know, my thinking was in the three and a half years, I wanted to be sure that some of these things are said uh, since now they're being recorded for history. We get into Revelation chapter 7, and we got to the sixth seal. And one of the things we realized was is that the sixth seal, when we seen the opening of the sixth seal, the things that took place, we realized we were able to put that now into the time frame. And we realized that that is, you know, that is in or right after Jesus said immediately after the tribulation of those days, which Jesus labeled the great tribulation, because tribulation is part of Christian's life ever has always been. But there is something called the Great Tribulation that was this focused on Jerusalem, it's focused on Israel, it's focused on the Holy City, but it engulfs the entire world in a war that will end with re the return of the Lord when all the rest of the prophecies will come become completed. When Jesus, Yeshua, came the first time, everything that was written that the Messiah would suffer, he fulfilled. When he returns, everything that's written, the Messiah's reign will be fulfilled. The conquering and the coming king. 
So with that, that's what the book of Revelation is about. And it it's given to the church to give the church encouragement and to empower the church a word directly from the king himself to the church so that we will be faithful unto the end and stay steadfast in this faith and realize that we have a job to do while we're here. So when we got to chapter 6, we're going to start chapter 7 tonight, today, this morning. When we got here to chapter 6, we seen when he had opened the sixth seal, several things took place. But look at let's look at verse 15. It said, the kings of the earth, the, the great men, the rich men, the chief captains, the mighty men, every bondman, every freeman. And I like uh, how Mike Bickle put this. He said, you know, the kings of the earth, today we would say the presidents, right? The great men of the earth, the world leaders, you know, Klaus Schwab, uh, these, these kinds of people. Uh, the rich men, so we're talking about the financial leaders of the earth. Rich men. The uh, chief captains, we're talking about the military leaders of the world, right? Uh, the mighty men, civil leaders everywhere. Every bondman, every, every slave, right? And every freeman, the working class man. And when it says every one of these, what we're really talking about is every one of these that don't belong to the Lord is what it's talking about. They hid themselves and they went into the, the caves and we, we, we took some time and looked at scriptures in the Old Testament about that. The, the, the things in the book of Revelation are not just in the book of Revelation, but what makes it what can make it difficult is the references out of the book of Revelation are all over what we call the Old Testament. They're everywhere. So, you know, John, through this dictating from the angel, you'll have you'll have a scripture from one book, you know, in Isaiah, and then a scripture from Ezekiel in the same passage in the letter in the book of Revelation, right? So there's a lot of joining together stuff from Exodus and, and Genesis and Isaiah and, and Daniel, and, and they're all... They culminate and come together in what we call the final exodus, which is what the book of Revelation is talking about. Now, that being said, they're crying out in verse 16 to the mountains and rocks, hide, on, hide us, fall on us, hide us, cover us, keep us from the one on the throne. They have realized now, but now they have realized and it is too late. For the great day of his wrath is come, who shall be able to stand? And then we open up chapter 7. Chapter 7 is what is called a parenthetical chapter, and you cannot understand the book of Revelation without understanding that there are parenthetical sections, parentheses, and it's as if, and many people say this, I'm just saying what many others have said, but, but it's true. It's as if the angel says, okay, John, now let me explain to you what's going on the earth during this time. Now, we, we just read in succession, the opening of six seals. And we realized that when the sixth seal was opened, the great tribulation was before this. So that means the abomination of desolation is before this. Most likely the first seal is the abomination of desolation because it is the declaring, the revealing of the man of sin. And this is something that is talked to us about in the letters, the epistles of the apostle Paul. 
the revealing of the son of perdition, the unveiling of the Antichrist. You know, it's it's silly, really, for people today. And 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 if you do this, I'm not I'm not I'm not fussing on you, but I'm but as an older brother, I'm saying it's kind of silly today to think, uh, I wonder if he's the Antichrist. I wonder if he's the Antichrist. I wonder if he's the Antichrist, right? Which, I mean, that's okay. We can do that. We can wonder, okay? What we know is this. The Antichrist spirit, There, there's an Antichrist spirit that became, was on the earth in the days of John the Apostle. So for 2,000 years, the Antichrist spirit's been on the earth. And, and he says there are many Antichrists. So in that setting, with that understanding, there's many Antichrists, right? However, when we say the Antichrist, the lentil horn, the man of sin, the son of perdition, the final one, you know, that all the others are a picture of, Hitler's a picture of, Stalin's a picture of, right? Uh, that all these guys are, are types of, there's one final one that's going to arise, right? But as we study, we realize he's going to rise as a man of peace. He's going to rise as a man of peace. He's going to be the greatest world leader that's ever come on the scene. And I mean a time of peace. He's going to be promising peace. He's going to confirm the covenant, which in my teaching, what I think means Israel's right to the land. That's the dispute right now. That's always the dispute, right? That's why, what's going on in the Middle East continually? Does Israel have the right to exist or not? Well, that's a covenant. That land is a covenant that God gave them. And it's like somebody rises up and says, okay, Israel, you've got a right to be there. Let's stop the war. But then he's going to break the covenant. It's all deceptive. So that's the things we've been discussing. So, now, though, the great day of his wrath has come. It doesn't mean now it's at hand, but it means that that Greek verb can mean it's it's been now. The, the day of wrath is here, okay? Who can stand chapter 7? Here we go. After these things, I saw four angels on the four corners of the earth. Now, going back to 24, and we've read all these. You got this with me each day. You've read, we, we read in, in uh, Matthew chapter 24 when Jesus says, immediately after the tribulation, the sun will be darkened, the moon won't give her light, stars will fall from heaven. Then you'll see the sign of the Son of Man. Then he says, and then he'll send his angels. Angels are ministering spirits. He's going to send his angels. So we see chapter 7 of Revelation, it says, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on any, uh, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel descending, ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea. So these are angels that's going to carry out judgments on the earth and the sea. They are destructive angels they are judgment angels right and they're going to bring judgment the time has come for judgment okay but he saw another angel ascending 
that cries out, hey, angels, they cry out to the angels that are given the power to hurt the earth. In verse 3, saying, hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of God in their foreheads. We'll stop there because, let me look at the time. So I only have three minutes left. We can't even go through this. Forgive me, maybe I ramble sometimes. Uh, and, and I shouldn't, but I do ramble. So he says, here, here's the picture. He saw four angels that are about to bring judgment on the earth, and he sees another angel cry out to those angels, wait, stop. Now, this is a revelation given to John to help us understand. The, the, the more important things is not finding out when does this happen, this happen, this happen, this happen. The more important things is the message that God has given to his followers, his people, his servants. And notice that it says here, do not start your judgments until we have sealed. Now look at this term, the servants of our God. So the angels are saying, there's, there's people on earth that are the servants of our God. Do not begin the judgments until we mark the servants of God, till we mark the servants of God. So were we the very first time we see in the Bible marks being used, we see it in the book of Genesis. Now, most of you probably, your mind went there immediately, right? You remember when Cain, killed his brother Abel, and then God judges Cain and says, you're going to be a vagabond. You know, you're going to you're going to just roam. And, and Cain's like, my punishment is more than I can bear. I can't handle it. Everybody that sees me is going to want to kill me. God, everybody's going to want to kill me, right? I can't handle this. And God says, well, it's in. I, I did mark this down if you ever want to look at it. Mark uh, Genesis chapter 4, verse 15. It says, then God set a mark on Cain, on the forehead of Mark. Uh, he put a mark on Cain. And he said, if anybody kills Cain, vengeance will be on him sevenfold. The point is, this is the first time we see a marking of God for protection. Now, Cain was cursed to be sure. However, he had a mark on him. And this is the first time we get this image of a marking. Now, in the book of Ezekiel, a time had come where God told angels to bring judgments against Jerusalem. Now, this is very prevalent. Let's at least go there today, and then we'll pick up with more of this tomorrow. In Ezekiel chapter 9, this is something that you should check out, and especially if you're watching this and you're a preacher, you're a minister of the Word, God's called you to preach to His children. You know, this is one that really people should see and understand, I believe. If you look in Ezekiel, a time had come because of the sin of Jerusalem, because of the wickedness and the abominations of God's people. Remember, judgment begins at the house of God. We find that in the New Testament. Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 9. Ezekiel chapter 9. This cry went out, and God is going to send judgment, and he tells this angel, but he tells these angels a couple of things. Now look in verse 4. 
In Ezekiel chapter 9, verse 4, the Lord said unto him, and he's speaking to an angel, he says, go through the midst of the city. Now, why am I reading this? This is a parallel to what's happening on a bigger scale in the book of Revelation. To understand it, we'll see what God did in the past. The Lord said unto him, and that's to the to an angel, an, a cherub, okay, go through the midst of the city of Jerusalem and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. Now, we would believe, now, it, th now the mark on Cain was a mark that other people could see. The mark here seems to be a mark that angels could see, judging angels could see. And he puts a mark on the foreheads of who? The ones that cry and sigh for the abominations. The ones that are not going along with this. The ones that don't like the ungodliness that's in the city. Now, this is a testimony to us that we need to be checking our heart when what God calls an abomination to the church now isn't hurting the hearts of the people. And we're not crying over it. And we're not praying over it. We're not, you know, it's not hurting our heart anymore. That's That should be something we think about. So he tells the angel, go set a mark on the foreheads of those that cry and sigh because all of the wickedness that's in Jerusalem. Now, verse 5, and to the others he said in my hearing, so he's hearing what's happening in heaven, go ye after him through the city and smite. Let not your eyes spare, neither have pity. Slay utter utterly young, I mean old and young, both maids, little children and women, but come not near any man upon whom is the mark. The, and began at my sanctuary. Now, in case you didn't know it, this is where the apostles get that judgment begins at the house of God. You begin at my sanctuary. Okay. Too much is given, much is required. And she says, listen, then they began, then they began at the ancient men which were before the city. So that's enough there. And let me try to bring it to a close for today. As we get into chapter seven, we're going to see something called the ceiling. It is the Goshen principle. It's the same thing that happened with the first Exodus. We'll talk about that more tomorrow. But what is happening, and I'm giving you this type in the Bible, something that happened in the past, where God says, judgment is coming, and the angels are going to slay. But I want you to go first through, and you set a mark on the servants of God. You mark, you seal the servants, which in the text we read, now these are two different time periods. In the text we read, it was like the guys that are unhappy with the prostitution and the abortion and the homosexuality and all this stuff, all the wickedness that's infiltrated the temple of God, right? You set a mark on them, the people that's crying about it. They're weeping over it. And then he said, the angel behind him, now you go and you slay. You bring judgment, don't, but don't you touch any of those that's got the mark on their forehead. 
Well, hopefully this gives us a little more understanding as we get into the sealing of God and what's taking place in Revelation chapter 7. So I'll stop there and we'll pick up from there in the morning. Thanks guys for being here. I hope you're blessed. I hope you're blessed today as you work. Huh? Lord's Prayer. Thank you, wonderful wife. <laughs> Let's say the prayer together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen. Love you, saints of God. Thank you for being here. So so many of you are just so faithful to be here live with us every morning. And God bless you and and keep you and thank you wherever you watch this from and i appreciate you guys commenting on youtube no nobody comments much on youtube dana you do each day thank you for that and each one of you guys are comment on youtube it's really a blessing uh, we will see you soon in the morning lord willing right here